Hi, I'm David Finnegan. I'm a writer, theatre artist and game designer who works with research scientists. This is a monthly audio series about how art and storytelling meets the world of complex systems, earth science and planetary transformation. August 2023. In the Northern Hemisphere, a summer of staggering heat waves, wildfires and floods, ocean surface temperatures that are genuinely startling. As I write this, Beijing is experiencing the worst floods in recorded history. The temperature in Peru hit 40 degrees Celsius in winter, and parts of Saudi Arabia recorded heat 59 degrees Celsius at midnight, near the limit of human survivability. And the story of climate science from the last five to ten years has been one of hitting milestones far faster than we expected. This latest season is a spectacular example. As NASA's Gavin Schmidt remarked, these new records are shocking, but not really surprising. It's tempting, as climate impacts escalate with unexpected speed, to think that maybe this is the tipping point where the situation becomes undeniable. The heat waves in particular are just so striking. You can dismiss bushfires or floods or storms as freak events, but heat waves are the canonical result of global warming. So now the impacts are here, visibly here. Are we ready to respond to them? Are we able to adapt? Or to put it another way, can people change? In Rob Dunn's excellent 2021 book, A Natural History of the Future, What the Laws of Biology Tell Us About the Destiny of the Human Species, he asks whether humans are more like crows or more like sparrows. Crows possess what Dunn calls inventive intelligence. Inventive intelligence means that you're creative. You experiment, you test new strategies, and you remember them. Crows tend to do well in all sorts of variable environments. They'll eat human food when they can scavenge it. When they can't, they might shift to cracking walnuts and eating those. When they can't get walnuts, they'll eat mussels. They come up with new strategies, they remember them, and they pass them on. Other birds are more specialized. They have one particular food strategy, and if conditions change and that strategy ceases to work, they tend to just die. Dunn gives the example of dusky sparrows, which lived in the Gulf region of the United States. In the early 1960s, the US government built the headquarters of NASA right on top of the sparrows' territory. A decade later, Disneyland was built next door. With their habitat fragmented by highways, launch pads and theme parks, and their food source of insects depleted by DDT spraying, these sparrows were unable to adapt. Last Dusky Sparrow died in 1987 in a display cage in Disney World. So creatures with inventive intelligence do well in highly variable environments. Creatures with specialized environments do badly as soon as environments become more variable, which is what's happening to our habitat here and now. So are we more like crows or more like Dusky Sparrows? So Dunn's response is interesting. At an individual level, he notes, humans have some things in common with crows. We have big brains, we adapt, we experiment, we learn, and we strategize. However, unlike crows, modern humans don't tend to scavenge and find our own food. Instead, we rely on institutions which we've created. We live in systems that produce and transport food and energy to us. Governments, businesses, corporations, nation states, Systems with their own rules 
and their own kinds of intelligence. These public and private institutions are well adapted to the conditions which they emerged in, and they often work brilliantly when conditions are stable. But when times change, institutions struggle. Some organizations are more versatile than others, but honestly, it's hard to think of many institutions that display a real inventive intelligence. Like the Dusky Sparrows, our institutions tend to find a strategy that works and stick to it even when conditions change and they die. To be inventive and adaptive is an additional cost for an organization, and it's a waste of resources when times are good. In stable periods, rewards flow to the most efficient and lean organizations. But efficient can mean fragile when the shocks start hitting. Or whatever else happens in the coming decades, it's certain that the world is becoming more variable. So the extra cost of being inventively intelligent will become a necessary baseline response. Only the crow-like institutions will survive. But within these institutions, what about humans? Are we crows or sparrows, climate innovators or deniers? Now, of course, we're both. We're capable of change, but we resist it. We're able to adapt, but we don't like it. We're inherently nostalgic creatures. I'm thinking of the Facebook pages that are just photos of old consumer products from the 80s and 90s with the caption, share if you know what this is, and thousands of comments saying, I remember these. We hold on to what's familiar. We cling to it. Now, the coming decades will be a constant and accelerating recalibration of what life looks like. Each shock will reshape our world and what's available to us. There are so many things that we take for granted today that we're going to lose. These losses will all be hard, but some will be easier to accept than others. So one set of losses will be the direct result of environmental shocks. The COVID is a good example of this, a sudden event that abruptly reduces our quality of living. So, uh, a fungal infection destroys fruit plantations and we have to get used to living without bananas. Heat waves and bushfires make the summer too dangerous for travel and we have to get used to holidaying in winter instead. Droughts knock out massive ranges of pasturing land, and we have to get used to meat becoming an expensive luxury. Now, these are losses where the cause is clearly visible and directly connected to the impact. These are sad, but they're hard to argue with. The other kind of loss are the restrictions that we'll face because the damage they cause will become undeniable. Long-distance recreational flights big cars, water-intensive front lawns. And these will be, need to be restricted top-down by governments and institutions. And because the link between cause and effect is less clear, the pushback will be bitter and intense. In the Western world, at least, people grew up taking these privileges for granted. Now, it's hard to accept that the lifestyle of your childhood causes real harm. It's easier to cling to the belief that the threat is understated, that the science is unsettled. Climate denial isn't close to being finished. In fact, the real backlash to climate action hasn't yet begun. And it will be hard, hard, and it will last the rest of our lives. Now, of course, it's easy to focus on the barriers to change. The reality is that we are changing far faster than we realize. 
Each of us has already changed so much in the course of reckoning with climate change. We've learned and adapted. We gather strength as we go along. And lumbering though our institutions are, they're not completely static. The energy transition to renewables as a percentage of global energy consumption is faster than coal or oil taking off in the previous two centuries. As individuals and as a society, we are adapting. We're crows. It's just that the speed of adaptation is not commensurate with the rate of the changes that we're facing. We're changing, but we need to change faster. Not even crows can outthink a heat wave. Mm -hmm.